When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As of right now, we are at war. How desperate you call on such lost creatures to defend you. How desperate am I? You threaten my world with war. You steal a force you can't hope to control. You talk about peace and you kill because it's fun. You have made me very desperate. You might not be glad that you did it. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people if they can become something more like the battles that we never could. Welcome to Fury's Finest, a podcast and resource devoted to discussion of Marvel Crisis Protocol. My name is Jesse Aiken, and I am joined by my co-host and Marvel best friend, Chris Bruffett. What is going on today, Chris? It's just a marvel how close we are. Yep, that's how close we are. No, man, everything's great. Or you said gaming spouse before. <laughs> These are things we interchange around. We all have a couple gaming spouses. Those are your friends that you really dig into games with. And, you know, we play games with a lot of people, but there's that select few that really matter to the most. They're your real spouses. I might be a little polyamorous when it comes to gaming spouses. I think I am but too. You're, like a, but you're a definitely couple. in there, buddy. You know, there's that those select couple people that you really want to spend all your gaming time with if you can. Chris, we got a lot to talk about today. Oh, yeah. Number one, we're going to talk about MODOK. We're going to talk about his lore and strategy, which are both a shocking, interesting surprise. He's a strange character. He's something else, and I really like him. I will just mention here on the show while we're here, they did announce the MODOK animated show for Disney+. Plus. Isn't that great? Played by Patton Oswalt Isn't himself. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's incredible. He's going to have the time of his life playing MODOK, and I cannot wait for and it. I'm going to watch it. I care more about the character now than I ever have. I'm here for it, baby. Patton playing it. So that's exciting. Oh, man. Other stuff. So we talked last week about all the spoilers. We're still trying to keep up with all that, which is amazing. We got the Infinity Gems. We got the Asgardians fully unveiled. Of course, they're coming on the show soon for us after we get through this current wave. Continuing with us getting there, we got to play some raid mode. I did. You uh, did. I got to play some Ultron against a good friend. It was a blast, Chris. I was shocked how different it is, but how similar it is to the regular format of the game. How well that one model for the Cosmic Threat player really does translate to the power of one list. I'm super excited to hear more about it on and off mic. Oh, it was incredible. I'm also super excited to play the game mode myself. I was racking up the kills as Ultron yeah. and just that all of his abilities seem so dynamic and the scenario is so interesting. You know, if Ultron ever turns on all four Doomsday consoles, he instantly wins. If he, if he wipes the enemy team, he instantly wins or either team can win via points, the regular format. I think that's where most of you're going to go. And it's kind of an uphill battle for our heroes. It is. Isn't that what you want though? 
It I needs certainly to be do. a challenge. Yeah. Well, case in point, in our game the other day, we had Ultron about to turn on the fourth and final Doomsday console. It's no like you have a round or something to turn them off. It's the second he activates the fourth one, it's over. Oh, wow. And so prior to Ultron going and turning on a Doomsday console, which he was obviously going to do on his turn because I was going to do that, the player that I was playing against had to make a decision where he's like, no, I just have to go to one of the other consoles and turn it off now because Ultron's going to turn on that console in the corner. Leads you making hard decisions like he had to use someone Black Panther, who's a powerhouse, to yeah. go turn it off. Yeah. That long move, get back there, turn off mm-hmm. turn off one of the other ones. So now when Ultron turns on this one across the map, you don't trigger that end game of all four. And that's pretty interesting. There's a balance there. And the same thing of Ultron dying, comes back. He gets that Age of Ultron card every time basically baked into his card. But he gets weaker as he comes back. He has these corrupted firmwares. Oh, that's good. That's good. But he doesn't really die ever, which is great. Well, Ultron never dies. I love it. I love it. He uh, kind of teleports back in on the map by one of the Doomsday consoles. Amazing stuff. But no, I, I highly recommend it. Um, we're going to talk about it on the show in greater detail when Chris and I get a lot of games of it under our belt. And we just dive deep into the strategy. And we're also looking for more news from the cosmic threat side of things, namely Thanos and the Black Hand stuff. Mm. That's going to translate well to that. I just can't wait. We want to have a really robust episode about raid mode. So stay tuned for that. So you guys were asking when we get through all the characters, which at this point, I don't think will ever happen. Ever. They're turning out characters like nobody's business. It's planned out till past May, Chris, of characters. We're just going to have to pick a time to do this. We're going to slide in some strategy, just purely strategy episodes. Yep. yep. And, you know, what's cool, too, is we can actually do an interesting thing on lore on those episodes. Something I was thinking about extensively, and Chris has been thinking about it, too, where it's just on those episodes, we can devote the lore to more of stories and settings rather than a particular character. Oh, good idea. Yeah. Which I'm excited about, because clearly all of these have been based off of actual comic book arcs and movie arcs. The Ultron cosmic threat mode mm-hmm. is very much like that, where he's turning on all these doomsday devices and he's blowing up buildings, civilians are running out of them. There's some interesting stuff that we can look at in lore, and I'm excited about that. Yeah, too. it's going to be fun. It'll it'll be different for us, which is always exciting. We always want to keep you guys interested, too. You know? Oh, of course. And we're always going to keep the show concise and, you know, pack a lot of information into every episode. So we want that raid mode to be robust. So next order of business here, Chris, is we've got some housekeeping to do. We've had a lot going on in both of our personal <laughs> lives. A lot. We've gotten to play less MCP lately than we've wanted to. We're still writing all the time for our lore and strategy segments, of course. But we've gotten less physical game time. Also, we've been doing more hobbying. I've been doing tons of hobbying in the very little free time I have for MCP and for you know our boards going forward in the future. But that aside, we've had a lot of personal things going on. A lot. It's been pretty insane. So we just want you guys to know that because... You know, an episode comes out slightly later than intended. It's due to our schedules. Both of our works have ramped up. And we've had a lot of personal stuff. I've had family in the hospital, as in not leaving the hospital perpetually. My wife's also pregnant. <laughs> There's several things, factors on top of each other. It's been a tough time to get in MCP time, but don't worry. The show's not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere. We just got to change a few things up. And I want to put a call out. Yes, please. If any of you guys are listening, the North Carolina area... I will be taking a new job and moving out to North Carolina in the next month or so. And so if there's anybody out there that wants to get some MCP games in with me, I would love it. Yeah. Please reach out. Going to need some surrogate spouses. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to make make a new uh, gaming love family. That's right. So obviously some pretty huge things going on in our lives. And we just wanted to be transparent and tell you guys because... 
or forever not quick to respond on messages or an episode comes out slightly later or things like that, or we're streaming less, which is thus the case right now, except we're about to kick that back off pretty soon. All these things will be remedied and, you know, the show's not going anywhere, Nowhere. but we like to tell you guys what's going on because, you know, these things happen, you know, when you have this labor of love, you have this content you create for your hobby, you know, when real life, when your job and your family and things like this happen, they're serious things, you got to balance it all. And that's what we're doing right now. So we are putting as much time into this as we can. And we appreciate just you guys listening every week. And on top of that, we appreciate the patrons. Our patrons support Fury's Finest at patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. If you enjoy the show, consider supporting it with a monthly contribution. We would like to thank all of our patrons for their support. Today, we'd like to thank one of our newest patrons, Mike M. Mike, thank you sincerely so much for becoming a patron. And I know we drilled this in you guys' heads recently with other episodes. Your name is announced in the order you sign up. So Mike signed up some time ago and... We've got a lot of you guys in the queue. And you're coming. If you're waiting for your name, do not worry. We do not miss names. Sometimes people sign up in batches, and that gets even more tricky because they're like, I signed up this day. And it's like, well, someone signed up the night before you, you know, and they obviously get precedence. And you got to be pushed back one more episode, things like that. If things keep going the way they're going, we might have to uh, do a couple of names an episode, which is fantastic problem to have we would love to have that problem yeah we want to thank all of you guys for bearing with us in all senses and uh, for continuing to support that's right so chris that leads me to the next thing it is february 1st and we're going to announce the venom giveaway winner right How now exciting thank you those of you guys that have signed up we're going to continue to do contests like this in the future venom was just our first foray into it i've even got some lined up in the future chris as in next month and the month after cool stuff coming guys. but while we're here now before we even get into that let's give the true spotlight we have someone to announce that won the venom all right guys are you ready, do, ready. do a little drum roll on your desk wherever you're at on your steering wheel whatever the winner for the venom giveaway it's Pierre Benoit G. We've heard that name before. We have heard that name before. Pierre, please get in touch with us and we will get that venom to you as soon as possible. Just get in touch with us and we will send you the venom to the address that you send us. And um, we're very excited to see venom in your games. Oh, yeah. So, Chris, that leads right to my next topic, which is our next giveaway. So, some of you signed up, probably because you wanted to just have your name in the hat of the Venom thing and also support us, and we greatly appreciate it. And we're going to do another giveaway this month, as in anyone that signs up before March 1st is going to get this next giveaway. What's the giveaway? We have partnered with Schooner Labs, which is a gaming component company, basically to get you guys some of the Schooner Labs awesome MCP items. And they are very awesome. Yeah, we can vouch for this because we've been using them at home in our They're home games. so cool. I want to plug the Schooner Labs social pages. It's just at Schooner Labs. So S-C-H-O-O-N-E-R-L-A-B-S. So that's on Instagram and all that sort of stuff. They also have a store, which we will link in the show notes. So if you win the March 1st giveaway, you are going to get a tri-score tracker for the game. And a full set of power damage dials. So what are these power damage dials? Chris and I have been using these. He essentially made dials that you set on each individual hero that track the power on one side and the damage the heroes dealt on the other side. They're very clever. They're magnetic. They stack. Keep everything nice and neat and organized. It's very, very cool. Even if 
you don't win this competition, I want you to check out this page and tell them we sent you because it's really amazing stuff for the game. And the coolest part about this is not only has Shinner Labs chosen to give us this giveaway to our patrons, but he has also told us that the winner gets to select their alliance and color of the dials. How cool. The ones that Chris and I have are Avengers affiliation that are blue with the cap shield. And we also have the Cabal Hydra logo. Since then, he's made several others. Wakandans. I mean, whatever your flavor is you want, you get to choose. And then we will mail it to you, which is great. And you best believe I'll be getting Black Order ones as soon as available. Yeah, you'll be buying those immediately. Oh, immediately. I cannot wait. We just want to continue to show our appreciation for you guys, especially during these times when we've been so busy. And we really want to emphasize how much it means to us, those of you that have signed up recently, because a big grouping of you guys have signed up. And this stuff really is paving the way for future content and paying our bills with hosting. We got a lot of future plans to make the show better, make the audio better, and of course, eventually get to that regular video content to just supplement the show for you guys just to keep you guys enjoying mcp as much as we do all the time are you guys ready to bow to the will of modok ah i'm just thinking of Patton oswald saying that it's gonna be great <laughs> let's go so chris we're in lore who is modok with all these periods between <laughs> the letters of his name well jesse i'm glad you asked modok Mobile organism designed only for killing. The original MODOK is a gentleman by the name of George Tarleton. It's so simple. He is a former employee of the Advanced Idea Mechanics Organization, or AIM, as any of you Marvel heads have heard a billion times. AIM is an arms-dealing organization specializing in futuristic weaponry. Tarleton undergoes substantial mutagenic medical experimentation originally designed to increase his intelligence. Originally, he's going to be mental organism designed only for computing. But as soon as he's done, he changes it. <laughs> and he becomes mental. Sometimes it's mobile because of his uh, doomsday chair. Of course. Which is so cool. So cool. And the model is so well realized. So cool. In this game, yeah. Sometimes it's mobile organism designed only for killing. Sometimes it's mental organism designed only for killing. Long story short... Modok revolts against his aim masters and mm-hmm. takes aim over himself. Yeah, that's a trope we've seen in a lot of this older sci-fi, even fantasy stories. It's interesting they bring it to this character. And this is a pretty uh, different type of character for us, he Chris. He is. And, you know, he doesn't have any MCU appearances yet. And it's the first time Atomic Mass has done that. Right. And I really enjoy it because he's such a kind of a kitschy campy character and i just they just went all in he's just comic books man modok has been appearing in marvel continuity for four decades now wow he's been around for a long time he's done a lot he's wild he's wacky well and chris i think this lore section is kind of getting the heart of our show part of the reason why we wanted to make this content for you guys probably a lot of you don't know very much about modok myself included i didn't know a ton I mean, I you, really didn't. And I think you know more than most people uh, than the more average. More than person. the average, yeah. And so, someone playing this game, Chris, they picked up this Modoc model. We really want you to enjoy this lore section and dig in and understand these characters' motivations and theme and just all the fluff built into this character in the game. Because you know, there's so much with these characters. We we've already been through Crossbones and Zemo, Chris, which were definitely less known. Right. I would say Modoc is even more in that direction. He might be visually known by a lot of people but Mm -hmm. i bet his story is even lesser known and i'm excited to get into this today well before we get too far into his story let's talk about his superpowers please 
He has superhuman intelligence, computer-like memory. He has an ability to scour and retain large swaths of data very quickly. He can also solve abstract mathematical problems nearly instantaneously. He has the ability to calculate the mathematical probability of any given event occurring, wow. which is so strong it borders on precognition. Wow. It's pretty nasty. Uh, his creativity remains at an average human level, though. So he has all this intelligence, all this computing power, mm-hmm. and not a lot of creativity to really bring out its full potential, which I guess is lucky for the denizens of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Probably one of his weaknesses, then. A little bit of one. His vast intelligence makes him one of the few beings that can analyze and comprehend the, the workings of the Cosmic Cube, which is the very purpose for his creation. So you're talking about motivations and everything. Now we know exactly why Modok was created by AIM. Uh, he has psionic powers, enabling him to contact others through telepathy, mentally control individuals or large groups, generate force fields able to withstand minor nuclear explosions. Courtesy of AIM, Modok wears a headband that enables him to focus his mental power hmm. into devastating mind beams. A side effect of the mutation was the growth of Tarleton's head to the point whereby his body can no longer support his weight. So now he relies on an exoskeleton and the hover chair, which I referred to earlier as the doomsday chair for movement. Right. The doomsday chair is equipped with a variety of weapons, including missiles and lasers. So he's just this, this giant brain in this chair. Well, he's a mobile organism designed only for killing. Right. (laughs) It's so simple. (laughs) So simple. And Chris, you mentioned his headband. I can't help but point out, and maybe this is just shows my ignorance on the character, but like it looks very similar to Zemo's headband that helps him focus. Wasn't Zemo's headband created by AIM as well? I think it was. So we're seeing some correlations here, yeah. except Modox is a much bigger headband. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's bigger than extra large. It's, it's about as big as it gets. So that's a custom size. Modox's first appearance in comic books was Tales of Suspense. 93 and 94, dated September and October of 1967. Wow. He became a recurring foe for for Captain America. He was created by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Go figure. Okay. We just keep saying that. We could have had a sound clip at this point, oh, Chris, to put that in here. I could have avoided saying that sentence for you know weeks now. So what's MODOK's history? Because I know with some of these villains, it can get convoluted at times, especially ones that have been around for four or five decades. So let's just get into that. So I've touched on his creation already. We've touched on him becoming a reoccurring foe for Captain America early on. Right. And he created the Cosmic Cube. He didn't create it, but he was was designed to understand it, to harness it. After four battles with Captain America, the last encounter revealing the villain's origin, MODOK battles Namor, the Submariner, and Doctor Doom... Mm. The latter intent on claiming the Cosmic Cube. After this, MODOK reappears and kidnaps Betty Ross, changing her into a mutate harpy with gamma rays in a bid to destroy the Hulk. It's getting crazy. It's crazy already, and we just started. MODOK follows the Hulk and harpy to a floating airy where the Hulk's alter ego, Bruce Banner, cures Betty of her condition. MODOK and an AIM team arrive in time to kill the creature known as the Bi-Beast, the Guardian of the Eerie, but not before activating a self-destruct mechanism, forcing the characters to flee. MODOK also accepts the offer of one of the other dimensional being, Black Llama, 
whom I know nothing about and no. I'd like to know more about because that name is ridiculous. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> and he participates in the War of Supervillains, but fails to capture the prize when defeated by Iron Man. So he's getting defeated by all our major heroes, <clears throat> heroes that we've covered on this show. Pretty nice. So at this point, AIM becomes dissatisfied with the lack of scientific advancement under MODOK's leadership and MODOK's obsession with seeking revenge against the metahumans, ousting him from his power. MODOK attempts to regain control of the organization and then has proved his worth by unleashing a nerve agent on New York City, which is then prevented by Miss Marvel, that is Captain Marvel. Yeah, that's Carol Danvers. That's Carol Danvers in her early stages. And the Vision, which we're getting to very soon. I cannot I wait to talk wait. about it. I him. love Vision. That's going to be a fun, fun episode. Modok then seeks revenge against Captain Marvel, first attempting to mind control the heroine, and then hiring an assassin, Deathbird, to kill her. Captain Marvel overcomes both of these obstacles and finally defeats Modok. Doing this research really, really makes me hope that they add a Shi'ar contingent oh, to man. this game. Because Deathbird is cool, man. Well, there you go. That would be some interesting lore, too. Yeah. So after this, Modok's ambitions grow, and he seeks world domination. But he's thwarted by Iron Man and the superhero team, the Champions, whom we've touched on on this show. After an attempt to plunder the resources of the Savage Land and a battle with Khazar and the Hulk, Modok develops a new biological agent called Virus X. Modok's attempts to test the agent on the homeless is prevented by the thing submariner and captain america that's an interesting trio that really you don't is. see those three together very often so many agents is what i'm thinking all these diabolical plans he's had this this nerve agent yeah he's always going after the people modok is abandoned by aim again for these failures modok revives longtime hulk foe the abomination Uh-oh. planning to use the monster against his superiors the plan fails when the abomination is revealed to be mentally unstable you don't say. <laughs> Although during the course of the storyline, Modoc transforms Dr. Catherine Waynesboro, an associate of Bruce Banner, into Miss Modoc, a female version of himself. Whoa. Horrified by Modoc's callous disregard for life, Waynesboro demands to be restored to human form, and Modoc complies. Wishing to disassociate themselves from Modoc, AIM hires the Serpent Society, we've talked about before, to assassinate the villain. They succeed. With Death Adder striking the killing blow, the Serpent Society returns Modok's body to AIM, and with the organization using it as a supercomputer, a rogue AIM agent remotely operates Modok's body in a bid to destroy Iron Man, with the battle ending with the body's destruction. This is freaky stuff. So they used his body, brilliant mind, I guess, while it was still freshly right. dead, and they put it into the supercomputer. And now they're using his body as like a drone sort of situation, which is insane, Chris. I guess just as a weapon. So although Modok had died, AIM temporarily replaced him with his more loyal and sometimes more effective female counterpart. Oh, damn. This is getting weird. What a great name. (laughs) Modam. Modam. Yes, Modam. Modam. That's great. Yeah, it's really good. During the Taking AIM storyline, Modok is resurrected because AIM just needs Modok to assist with the creation of another cosmic cube. So he's brought back to life. Once again, these things we're seeing with these villains, resurrected. Eventually, Modok is stranded in an alternate dimension, but then manages to return with, with the unintended help of the villainous group of headmen. After attempting to steal a device that boosts mental power, Modok agrees to aid the headmen in their plans of conquest. But after then taking control of AIM, once again, he renegs the agreement in order to avoid an encounter with the superhero team, the Defenders. We've talked about them. 
Modok clashes with the Canadian superhero team Alpha Flight before being captured by U.S. naval intelligence and a drug cartel. How cool is Alpha Flight going to be in this game, by the way? Very cool. Sasquatch. It's going to be some Captain time, Canada. But we're going to get him. We're going to get him, I imagine. Probably just popped all your speakers with all these peas. I Sorry. think you did. Modok is then lobotomized and is employed to infiltrate spy satellites and manipulate the stock market. So once again, people using his brain for, for bad, even if they're not necessarily villains, some of these things. But he eventually recovers and exploits the situation until captured and taken to custody by S.H.I.E.L.D. Man, so he's just getting tossed around from uh, one superpower to the next sort of situation, or one team, or, or there's all kinds of things happening. This poor guy, man. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. I don't think we should, but He's, but he's evil, do. but yeah. So during the GLXmas special, Modok and AIM fight Dum Dum Duggan and his shield squad, but they're defeated by Squirrel Girl and her sidekick, Tippy Toe. I think that might be Squirrel Girl's first appearance on our podcast. Oh, yeah. Have definitely. we mentioned her before? No, I don't think so. absolutely not. This is getting completely bonkers, Chris. Yeah, we still got a little bit left this to go. This is one of our weirdest histories we've ever, <laughs> we've ever had. <laughs> Modok then seeks a sample of the cybernetic species, the Phalanx. And after a brief encounter with the mutant X-Men, battles Captain Marvel once again, and the heroine is aided by fellow Avenger Wonder Man. A renegade AIM agent tries to kill Modok, one of the rogues being Modok's long-lost son, who seeks revenge for his abandonment. That's some dark stuff. In employing an elaborate scheme and a double-cross, Modok restores his personal wealth and power and reestablishes himself as the leader of AIM once again. It's also revealed that Modok was involved in the creation of both the Red Hulk and Red She-Hulk and belongs to the Intelligentsia. We have talked about the Intelligentsia we before. Have. We've even talked, I think, about how Modok belongs to it. Yes, we have. At this point, Modok is seen in Puerto Rico attempting to create an army of genetically enhanced monkeys called AI monkeys to eliminate recession in AIM until he was then defeated by Mr. Fantastic, the Invisible Woman, and the rookie Puerto Rican hero known as El Vigigante. Hopefully I said that right. Most importantly here, Chris, we've mentioned the Red Hulk and She-Hulk, Red She-Hulk. This eventually led to more World War Hulk storylines, which is interesting because last week was Hulk. When several heroes are subjected by the Intelligentsia to the Calexis Ray, which can transfer radiant energy from one subject to another, Amadeus Cho is affected as well. Unlock the others who become hulked out heroes, Whoa. his mind expands and becomes so powerful that he gains the ability to warp reality within a 10-foot radius. Using this power, he reverses the process that created MODOK, turning him back into George Charlton, who knows no better than to get away as quickly as possible. Charlton is taken into custody by the U.S. military, remains confined where Bruce Banner occasionally calls on him to help defuse the doomsday plan that MODOK installed and the possibility that his master plans should fail. Charlton, however, appears to remember next to nothing of his time as Modoc, and in fact, seems to be either tra- traumatized or just a simple-minded man. That's a crazy end of the story. Isn't That's that a cool. wild end to the story? I love it, actually. and I'm sure the story like the will be expanded more. upon. Charlton will be restored to Modoc eventually, right? And maybe that's what we're going to see in the MCU. So, Chris, that leads right into the MCU. So, there is no MCU content as of right now. We've at the top of the show we already announced the animated series about Modoc with Patton Oswalt. So we're going to keep an eye out for that. I also think, Chris, this Winter Soldier and Falcon show might have some tie-ins to maybe his organization or just MODOK's setting up of his history. I'm very interested to see where it goes. Me too. So last but not least, 
Any comic book recommendations, Chris, for this character we know so little about? So this one was tougher for me, but I'm going to go ahead and recommend Avengers Edge of Infinity. Oh, yeah. Written by Ralph Macchio with art by Andrea DeVito. As in the Karate Kid? (laughs) Probably. Why not? (laughs) Probably. Yes. As well as, let's just go ahead and say it. Just read World War Hulk. I yeah. said it last week. Just read it, man. So you've seen there's tie-ins now, and we, we love it. We love Over Hulk. We should just read it. Yeah. I will be reading uh, Edge of Infinity this evening, as a matter of fact. So Very good. If anyone wants to read it with me, talk about it with me. Just tweet me. Love it. Let's go on to strategy. His name is Modoc. His alter ego is George Tarleton. He has 10 health on his healthy side, a speed short, a height of four, a threat of five, first time seeing that in the game, two physical defense, three energy defense, and three mystic defense. Anything stand out to you about that, Chris? The two physical kind of hurts. Got to be weak somewhere. Right. Uh, five threat, of course. That's the first five threat we've seen in the game, and the first five threat we're going to have for some time until we get Thor. So it's a little niche spot between that six and that four. The six isn't super common either, but the four is common, and the threes are obviously everywhere. So maybe he's going to fit in those little spots where you need five points here and there. Let's move on to his attacks. His first attack is going to be Psionic Blast. It is a mystic attack. It is going to be range four, strength six, cost zero. After this attack is resolved, this character gains power equal to the damage dealt. It has a wild. This wild is called Sap Power. Before damage is dealt, the target character loses one power for each wild in the attack roll, and this character gains that amount of power. So you're basically interfering with your opponent's economy with this. Yeah, so we saw sat power on Red Skull, Chris, and it's really cool to see this built into Modok's first attack, which is actually his strike. It doesn't have a name strike because it's a psionic blast. We're going thematic here. But it's also our first mystic attack we've seen in the game and our first mystic strike we've seen. That's pretty interesting. That's right. And we've seen a lot of characters, Chris, have a weakness to mystic and some have some strengths to it. So already the wheels are turning here. And, you know, a six strength strike is good. That's range four. I mean, keep in mind, there's a range four strike that's uncommon. They're usually right. less range than that, two or three max. So it's a good thing. Let's move on to his next attack, which is insanity. The Doomsday Chair. It is another range four attack. We're seeing a trend that he's ranged, Chris. It is seven strength. We're seeing another trend. He hits hard. He hits like a truck, and it's three power, and it's a physical attack. Let's talk about what it does. Whirling Blades is a keyword it has. After this attack is resolved, this character may make an additional Doomsday Chair attack without paying the power cost. The additional attack must target another character within range two of the original target character. It does not have the Whirling Blades special rule. And on this, we have a Wild Trigger, Bleed. After the attack is resolved, the target character gains the Bleed special condition. All right, Chris. So we got to talk about this. This is ridiculous. I love it. We've talked about how crazy in this game you can double attack regularly with your two actions. So if you double attack the correct order with Modok for this Doomsday Chair, you can Doomsday Chair twice and get two extra free triggers of the doomsday chair off of it that's four attacks it's a seven strength four range attack that can potentially attack four different targets this is crazy you can also double dip chris so say captain america and black widow are by each other first attack you target captain america then you get to do the whirling blades into black widow okay you got two attacks off of one action now you have a second action 
you attack Black Widow, get the Whirling Blades back into Captain America. It's so awesome. Man. You've gotten four attacks off this turn. It's something completely new in this game that doesn't happen anywhere else other than the beam attacks and things where you're getting people lined up. This is uh, pretty insane. You've dealt some damage with Modoc in our games, and you're dishing out bleeds with this, too. Well, let's talk about a way that you can make this more effective by dragging more characters in to this Doomsday Chair, and that's his first superpower. It's an active power, and it's called Bow to the Will of Modoc, and it reads like this. Choose an enemy character within range 3, advance that character short, and a character can be affected by this superpower only once per turn. So maybe they're a little spread out. Why don't you just help the enemy get into a little death cluster there? Oh, yeah. And Force pull them in. Doomsday chair. It's just ridiculous. so gross. Notice it says a character can be affected by the superpower only once per turn. That means you can affect multiple, multiple characters, characters with it. A lot of these pushing, pulling attacks, sometimes it said you can only use it once per turn. You can use this multiple times. You can pay for it. Just different targets. And, of course, it only costs two power. The next superpower is also an active superpower called Imbecile. All the world is a weapon to Modoc. Choose an interactive terrain feature of size three or less and within range three and throw it long. <laughs> this superpower can only be used once per turn. So it is our longest distance throw in the game. Also keep in mind, Chris, Modoc has a larger base than most models in the game. So once again, we've talked about cheating that distance. Right. Also makes his short movement less scary because he's cheating a little movement there. So pretty crazy. We love throws on this podcast. Size three or less is great. Within range three is great. Long is great. It's <laughs> so good, man. He's He is Emperor he's Palpatine nasty. of this game. I love it. Let's move on to his next one. It is a reactive power. I love the names on these, by the way. They're all quotes. They're, just, they're all quotes. These are all catchphrases of his. Of course. This one's called P-Brain. Modoc's genius is infinite. <laughs> I'm just trying to pronounce it the way it is put in front of me, y'all. There are exclamation <laughs> points. It's going to cost you X power. It reads like this. After this character rolls attack or defense dice, it may spend any amount of power to use this superpower. For each one power spent, this character may reroll one of its own attack or defense dice. That's gross. Yeah. Dice mitigation is so strong in interest games. And, you know, it just gives him consistency with these hard-hitting attacks. Consistency is important. Also, Chris, he loves wilds. He loves to sap your power. He loves to give you bleeds. This is going to help you get those wilds, too. That's right. I can't wait. It's so cool. The X power cost is even cooler. The last ability on his card is an innate ability called Psionic Force Field. When defending it against an attack, this character changes wild results in the attack roll to blanks. Nasty. So gross i hate this part about this character <laughs> it hurts so bad chris for you to roll the you know because we talked about in this game well, wilds are so great in this game and they're just they're nothing against him not only are you negating a positive result on the dice because wilds are always positive on attack and defense but like you said there's wilds are so good you get to trigger your special abilities and you get to trigger your conditions and he's taking away conditions now let's flip him over to his injured side chris we don't normally spend a lot of time on injured sides of cards because they're not usually that relevant Right. Different today. Modoc goes from a whopping 10 health to a lowly 4 health on the back. That's not all, Jesse. <laughs> no, it's not. We got a little more. He absolutely loses psionic force field. That's right. So wilds are going to affect him now. His injured side. He's hurting. You just got to run. You got to 
turn tail and run and try to use him as either a long range battery, right? Or you just go Alpha full strike. bore and try to get as much damage in with him as possible. Yeah, I think if you're presenting him in a dangerous spot in the middle of the board, you're going to deal a ton of damage, and they have to deal with him. They have to flip into this weaker side. They have to kill him. So he's just a great target. He's a great person to draw all the attention of the team He's going to soak a lot of fire. So this is where I get into my analogies and my strategy, Chris. He is the Hulk of the bad guy team, though he is flipped. So let me explain what that is real quick. So last week we mentioned Hulk. You won't like me when I'm angry. The longer the game goes on, The more powerful Hulk gets, the more damage he does, the more dice he rolls. You want Hulk to be teed up. You want him to be soaking damage. So late game, he's hitting like a truck. He's doing those thunderclaps that are destroying enemy teams. He's doing Hulk smash. He's passing out staggers. Inversely, MODOK is flipped of this, Chris. MODOK is a insane, insane hero on his front side. He's doing so much damage early on. He is getting off the doomsday chair. He is hitting multiple targets. But as the game goes on, he will eventually get flipped. And when he gets flipped, he is dramatically worse on his backside. So he is the inverse of Hulk. They're both some of the highest dealing damage characters in the game. They're both some of the highest threat characters in the game right now. Hulk is a late game monster and struggles early game with that movement. And his damage is being lower and missing attacks because of dice rolls. Modok is a early game monster, an alpha strike turret we talked about. In late game, Modok struggles. So in that way, Hulk and Modok are a complete flip of each other because they are strong at different points in the game. Namely, Modok early game is a monster and Hulk is a monster late game. So they are kind of an inverse flip of each other with these high damage dealers. I love it, Chris. And let's talk about some ways we can use MODOK. So you mentioned getting him into a spot where he can be a turret, right? He can always get that double attack off. Like I've said, is so crucial with Hulk. You treat this guy exactly like Hulk. If you're not getting a double attack off every turn, you're not doing it well enough. That's the truth. Around turn two, especially turn three. He's five threat. Got to be double attacking. You have to be in there. You have to get that threat. Large investment that he made in his five threat, you have to get a return on that if you want to win the game. So let's talk about some weaknesses of him. Of course, he's weak on his backside, but it takes some time to get there, and he's a powerhouse till then. He's also weak at objectives, Chris. He's a short move, right. though he has a bigger base, and it's a waste of time to go get objectives with him unless you're in the center of the map or you have multiple targets. You right. want to be attacking. You want to be soaking up damage from the enemies because you, you can turn these wild dice to blanks and things like that. You want him to be a target, and then that means you need some cheaper characters to supplement exactly. him to grab objectives. I really like pairing him with long movers. Yes, the Zemos and Black Widows of the They're world. They're Spider-Mans. Yes. Yeah. Maybe even throw a crossbones with him. Yeah, So you've sure. got two nasty, nasty guys damage, in, the, yeah. in the middle and just, just run around with everyone else. Yeah. If they start to pay too much attention to your objective runners, then you make them pay. That's right. And let's not forget he has some control options. He has Battle of the Will of MODOK where he's pulling people in. So take advantage of that. Right. He may not be an objective winner himself, but he can pull other people off he objectives. He's a disruptor. Yes. I love that. And also, he's throwing that size three terrain long. That's something that's insane. It's new in the game, that long length of throwing terrain for the most part. So he's got the power. You control. better use it. Control. Yeah. Throw things. Control the board. Deal the damage. Turn zero. You need to be thinking about what you can throw. Oh, man. And, and what directions you can throw, you need to place him somewhere where he can get to it soon. 
he's in the middle of the board, Chris, and you have the power, you could doomsday chair twice, so you get four attacks, right? And you could throw a size three terrain, which is a four auto that hit. Is, that just is crazy dodge. amounts of damage. That's a four dodge that someone has to do. So you're killing something. What more can be said about him? He's a powerhouse. Let's go move on to his model. I know you want to talk about this model. I love his model. That huge, it's just a huge head. The smoke effects He's are disgusting. Great. He's disgusting. And it really was an easy model to assemble. I think it was been the easiest so far for me. I say this with all the love. I think he's my least favorite model in the game. Oh, but, I love it. But I think he's the most impressive model in the game from a craft standpoint, Chris. Right. He's my least favorite aesthetically, of course. And well, he's, he's not meant to look good. He's... He's supposed to be a little. He looks great though. The sculpt to, is the so sculpt is good. amazing, but yeah, like, the character design is supposed little uncanny. To make you little uneasy, feel uncanny a little about. weird. Yeah, he certainly does that. The smoke and the flames too. I, I couldn't ask for more. If a character is floating, it just makes the game better. Yeah, and this paved the way for my favorite model currently in the game, which of course is the Green Goblin. It just paved oh the way gosh, for that's that. That's gonna be so cool. I can't wait, but. Modok is fun. We will play more of him and stream more of him and we'll get back to you guys, but we hope this has been helpful. Fury's Finest is supported by our wonderful patrons. You can become a Fury's Finest patron by going to patreon.com slash Fury's Finest. Thank you for everyone that participated in the Venom giveaway and thank you to everyone over the next month that's going to participate in the Schooner Labs giveaway. I'm more excited about this one, Chris, than I even was Venom because we get a full month of people getting to participate. We kind of sprung Venom on you guys because we were just like, no, we should give the patrons yeah. something. We were too excited about we it. We got a full month to live through this giveaway and spend some time with you guys on Patreon. You can catch our streams of Marvel Crisis Protocol at twitch.tv slash Fury's Finest. Follow the show on Twitter at Fury's Finest Cast, Instagram at Fury's Finest, and Facebook at Fury's Finest. Email us at furiesfinest at gmail.com and leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts. We will read these on future mailbag episodes. You guys keep leaving us Apple reviews. Thank you so much. If you haven't done so and you are your friend or spouse or partner, have a Apple Podcast account, please leave us a review. They all really help. Thank you to Approaching Nirvana for our intro and outro music. Thank you to uh, Sam Jackson playing Nick Fury for our, our intro and outro music. And subscribe, rate, and review. It just helps spread the word of our show. And once again, you can always reach out to me on Twitter and Instagram at J-S-S-E-E-A-K-I-N, Jesse Aiken. Also check out my Star Wars show, The Canon Cantina. We're in a new season of the show. We're in a new year, 2020. You can follow me on Twitter at Chris Bruffett, C-H-R-I-S-B-R-U-F-F-E-T-T, where I promise to tweet more if you tweet at me first. So please talk to me about comics or something. Those of you guys that have reached out to us and messaged and stuff, we, we can't thank you enough. And we're always here to talk. Maybe sometimes not immediately if with all the stuff going on, but we're always going to get back to you. And those of you that are on Patreon, you guys have a behind the scenes look and you also get all these personal conversations. And we really appreciate your support and just being part of this community, building this community early on. We cannot wait for future episodes. So if you guys want to read ahead for next week or watch a movie to get ready for next week. We're going to start telling you what we're doing week prior so you can really get into this stuff with us because we really think it's important. It's Black Panther. We're covering Cannot Black Panther. Wait. So grab that Black Panther soundtrack, watch that film on Disney Plus, read some comics, you know, listen to a Kendrick Lamar album. <laughs> the, the new Black Panther comics that are currently coming out currently Holy are cow. excellent. We will be doing Black Panther next week, which will, of course, be a very robust lore and a very robust strategy section. Oh, yeah. So we can't wait. And we hope you guys 
enjoyed as much as we do. Thanks for listening, true believers. Excelsior. The world has gotten even stranger than you already know. At this point, I doubt anything will surprise me. Ten bucks says you're wrong. Is some kind of, of, that is a very big head. I am Modoc. I am the ultimate in human machine interface. I am designed only for conquest. Whatever you say, freak show. Be silent. Like a frost giant's head on an infant's body. He survived. The mental bolt must have changed the algorithm. Another villain? Probably. You want to hit him, or you want me to? Incredible! I have created a being of ionic energy. I am science. I am genius.